What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, it's almost October and that means... Federal student loan payments are starting back up after a pandemic pause. As someone with tens of thousands of dollars in student loans, it's probably the scariest thing coming out of Halloween season. So I called WBEZ higher education reporter Lisa Phillip to walk me through everything we need to know before the bills start piling back up. It's Monday, September 25th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Lisa, I needed you to come uh, and help me deal with this, uh, both like practically, but also in some ways emotionally. I know that's probably completely outside of your wheelhouse, but I, I, I need this today. So welcome back to CityCast. Thanks for having me. I'm getting more practice, like providing the emotional support around this. So <laughs> it's I mean, better than like being the bearer of bad news. So I'll take it. <laughs> September wasn't all earth, wind and fire in the end of the summer. Interest has also been accruing throughout the month. Uh, repayments are supposed to start next month for borrowers who maybe haven't made a payment in the last few years. I'm not going, you know, out myself too much here, but what's the first thing they, we, us, what should we be doing? (laughs) My recommendation, what I've heard from a lot of people, advocates who are trying to help student borrowers get set up again is first thing you want to do is head to studentaid.gov and figure out who your servicer is. Because a few of the servicers who were managing people's debt before the pandemic have since ended their contracts with the education department. So Mm -hmm. like almost half of borrowers are going to be dealing with new servicers. As soon as you go to the website, get ready for student loan repayments, restarting payments, make payments for the first time. They already know what people are coming for. So as soon as you get there, it's it's ready to bring you right in to the repayment process. Exactly. They're ready to just suck you back in. And like, but like the thing is, I've heard from a lot of folks that are actually pretty happy with a lot of the changes that the ed department has made in their website and also in the requirements of their um, servicers' websites. So like now, you know, there's a loan simulator that you can check out on studentaid.gov that allows you to kind of like figure out what is the best option for you. Is like the save plan the best option for you? Is there some other sort of repayment plan? Um, And like depending on what your financial goals are. So I would definitely take advantage of that. But yeah, like I said, make sure you know who your servicer is because 
there are like scammers out there who can send you, you know, false information. Mm-hmm. I get so many student loans, scam texts, scam calls. Hey, Jacoby, we just want to want to help you make sure that you, you're getting the right student loan repayment information. What are you doing right now? What's your social security? Whoa, bro, I'm in the bathroom. Relax. We, who are, get, off my, get out of here. Get yeah, out of get here. out of my life. Get out of my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like you definitely want to be certain you have the rights because you might not have never heard of this company before right so like mm-hmm. make sure it's legit make sure your contact information is all up to ga- date so you're getting all of the communication you need apply for stuff like there are forms of relief mm-hmm. nothing's perfect but you know there are repayment plans that can bring your payments down and while you won't necessarily get cancellation right away. It could put you on a path towards cancellation. And I would say try to, my, my, what I've been seeing in the past few days or hearing from people is that because so many people are starting up repayments, these servicers are super overloaded. Mm-hmm. So as much information you can get online from studentaid.gov and your servicer website, I would do that because calls Call lines, phone lines are just hopping with people. Last time we talked, the bad news was that the Supreme Court had just blocked the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness plan. What's happened since that uh, crushing blow was delivered? Yeah, yeah. So obviously a lot of disappointment um, from so, you know, it, here in Illinois, one and a half million people had applied for that and now they're not getting it, right? But the thing is, the Biden administration and the Department of Education have kind of been rolling out these other forms of relief that so- sound sort of piecemeal and like they won't make a big difference, but they, it seems like they actually are so far. Like one of these was the cancellation of a bunch of people's balances here in Illinois, uh, 28,000 people found out that their balances were being canceled because they had made enough progress under federal income-driven repayment plans to have their loan balances canceled, but servicers had lost track of these payments. So, you know, basically the education department came in and was like, we need to review these accounts and people need to have these balance. And like that totaled to more than a billion dollars just in Illinois oh, wow. of cancellation. Yeah, that's a big number for 28,000 people, like I said. And then there's also this new income-driven repayment program called the SAVE plan um, that is also going to have a potentially huge impact on just lowering people's payments and then zeroing zeroing out more people's payments so that, you know, if their income's too low. So if we're thinking about the first few months of these repayments, you have any projections like a dollar amount on how big this will be for Illinois borrowers? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I wish I had like a specific number of how many, how much money is going to be like basically like reallocated to these payments, right? Um, I do know that on average, Illinois borrowers, student loan borrowers, owe about $37,000. And that's, that's high. That's like the top in the top 10 for um, in the country for for state average student debt. Um, It's like amounts over 60, $60 billion. Um, So and, and, you know, like more than one and a half million Illinois residents owe federal student loan debt. So that's a whole bunch of people 
that haven't had to make payments for three years, and now they're getting back onto it. And we're going to see how that impacts, you know, spending, their financial decisions, how many people. Biden has kind of an on-ramp to avoid default for a lot of people, but that only lasts for 12 months. So some of these effects might be delayed, but we'll see how many more people potentially are going into default as a result because costs are still going, you know, costs are still inflated exactly. and wages, wages haven't caught up with that. Right. Do we have any ability to track like in Illinois and Chicago, how much people will have to reallocate towards, um, student loan repayments, how that will impact local business, local economy, lo- how much people will spend on, on other things they need, the other resources in their life. Yeah, that's such a good question. All I have right now are, you know, individual anecdotes. Like we've heard from 300 plus people in recent days just about what kinds of changes they're going to have to make and and also what the payment pause allowed them to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people were able to buy homes. People were able to start families. And now maybe they're looking at balancing the costs of maintaining that home with these payments again, right? Yeah. Or, or you know, paying for daycare costs. Um, and none of those costs are going down. So <laughs> I think time will tell how how people are managing and what kind of cuts they're making in other areas of their life to make this happen. <laughs> Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned the new save plan. Can you say more about actually how that works and how many people could it potentially cover? Yeah, so uh, according to the education department, this could help 20 million Americans um, it basically raises the amount of income that's exempt from uh, payments. Mm-hmm. So like right now, uh, your discretionary income, which is used to calculate how much your payments are under you know income-driven repayment plans, is 150% of the federal poverty line. The SAVE plan increases that to 225%. So like a lot more people will qualify for $0 payments. The Ed Department's thinking like that's 1 million more low-income borrowers will be able to make these $0 monthly payments. The other thing that I think is huge about this, especially based on like so much of what I've heard from borrowers is this frustration around their balance growing, despite the fact that they're making, they've been making payments for years and they mm-hmm. owe 
exponentially more money than they did, right, when they first graduated. So under the SAVE plan, any monthly interest that your payment doesn't cover gets wiped away instead of collecting on your balance. So like, let's say you make a a $30 payment, um, the $30 monthly payment, but your monthly interest is $50. That $20 of interest gets wiped away. Okay. And yeah, so that's that's pretty huge because your balance isn't going to continue to grow and grow. And also these payments count towards eventual cancellation. Um, so like 20 years of making payments, and a lot of people have already been making payments. After 20 years, you will have your balance canceled. But also for a lot of folks, these changes will lower your payment by 40%, uh, your monthly payment. Okay. So that is a potentially huge relief for people. Basically, anyone with federal undergraduate and graduate subsidized and su- unsubsidized loans are eligible. To apply. So, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is having a $0 payment the same as not having to pay your loans back? No. No, unfortunately not. You, your interest doesn't grow right under the save plan if, if from month to month if you're not covering it. However, your balance doesn't go away. You're, it's it. still there, right? And like if your income increases to a point where you can make payments again before you're eligible for cancellation, you're going to have to make payments. So, but during that zero dollar payment you're not that is that is counting towards an eventual cancellation but it if is. on the the route towards that that t- long 20 year journey yeah. your income increases to the point where you have to start making higher and higher repayments you'd have to do that in order to keep the 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 train chugging along exactly exactly you got mm. that exactly right we got a question from a listener, uh, Jen in Bridgeport, who wanted to know, if you have a $0 monthly payment through the SAVE program, do you still accrue interest if you're not making a payment? I love this question. It's such a good one. I can't believe I haven't heard it before. From my understanding of this change, if you're making a $0 uh, monthly payment, you're obviously not covering your monthly interest rate. And from my understanding, that does get wiped away and it does not accrue and collect and make your balance grow. Um, But I would like a firmer answer from the education department about that because some of the language around it is a little vague at at right now. So as we (laughs) understand it, let's use that $50 again. And even if that's not your principal, say that's your interest. If you have, if you're making $0 payments, that interest is getting wiped away monthly, but the principle stays the same. If your income increases to the point where you have to make $30 payments, you make the 30, it covers, it goes against your interest and they wipe out the rest, but not towards your principal. And then if that process continues for 10, 20 years based on your repayment plan, the principal could get wiped out even if you were never able to get to a point where you would start paying that down. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. And then here's the other thing. So there are some more changes that the department is rolling out in the next year. And I believe one of them that's been proposed is that people with federal student loan balances under 12,000 will have their 
their remaining balances canceled after 10 years instead of okay. 20 years. So that's it. You know, if you're you're in I'm that on boat a, I'm on a 20 year. I'm on a 20 year. You're on right a 20. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah on, a different, on a different timeline. <laughs> that's rough. It is. I mean, yeah. And if you're working. <laughs> so we talked a lot about the save program. Like, yeah. let's say you got a zero dollar payment, but you're also working on another loan forgiveness path, like the public service loan forgiveness plan. Do those zero dollar payments still count towards the payment you have to make to meet the requirements for that particular plan? Yes. As I understand it, your zero dollar payments will still qualify for that for the payment count towards public service loan forgiveness as well. As long as you're fulfilling those employment requirements, you're working for a nonprofit or a government agency, um, you should be on track. So if you're eligible, you can essentially bundle different forms of loan forgiveness and and income-driven plans and and the like. Yeah, especially the public service loan forgiveness with an income-driven repayment plan. Okay. That's yeah. a that's a that's a combo people often see themselves with. All right. How do you yeah. see the future of the broader student loan relief discussion as payments pick back up? You know, I see that I've, I think I've seen in the past decade that we've gone from a conversation about student debt that is mostly about the individual. Right. And like mm-hmm. the and, and I've talked to so many borrowers who felt this way, like 10 years ago, they wouldn't even talk to people about their student debt because it was a source of shame and guilt. And it's like, this is on me. I knew what I was doing. Right. Between the romanticization and almost default way we talk about college. Yes. It was very much made to feel like you knew what you were signing up for. This is what you got yourself into. This was the price of uh, of sort of getting getting into, uh, you know, the school of your choice or, or, or the school available to you. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people talk about, you know, their parents told them or their community told them this is good debt, right? Like you get this debt, you'll be able to make a higher wage and pay this off. But that clearly hasn't been the case for a lot of people. Um, So I think there's more awareness that the system is broken and or at least more momentum around that idea and a broader questioning of Not just, I would say, I think a lot of people are questioning the value of higher education, which then I've heard a lot of people come back and say, the value is still there. The research shows that a college degree does bring certain benefits, like more civic engagement and a higher wage. The issue is when you're asking an 18-year-old to take on sometimes $100,000 of debt, to have this opportunity, is that is that a fair thing to ask? Mm-hmm. And and will the life that they get out of putting themselves into that much debt support being able to pay it back? Is that a reasonable request, right? And so many jobs require a college degree, right? Like, and if we're not offering real access to that, how, yeah. how are we going to move forward? <laughs> I mean, it's still the primary way young people now are paying for college. They're watching this bubble happen right in front of them. When you talk to young people entering into college, are, do they feel like they're being set up for failure on the other end of this? Like they're almost guaranteed thousands of dollars of debt. Yeah, I think, like you said, people are that's still what you do, right? Like you take out debt. Um, and. I think there is probably I 
this is, uh, again, purely based on conversations with kind of people um, more like closer to my age, right, who graduated in the 90s and early 2000s, where you were just kind of expect if if you had a college going like community, you were just expected to do that, right? You were just expected to take out debt. And I see younger people questioning more so whether that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, probably just because it's more talked about. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is. And I think people are going to look at other options like community college and trade school. And the other thing I hear people saying is like, I wish I had, why, why did I, why was I so hell bent on going to this, like my dream school, my private school, you know, why didn't mm-hmm. I go to my, my state school? Um, and I think that's a valid question, but the thing is too, like public universities, it's not like they're, especially in Illinois, it's not like they're super cheap. So I yeah. think- this is these are all things that are wrapped up in this conversation, right? Like affordability and if this is something we value, what how do we change this so that it's a viable option, not just for the wealthy? Yeah. I mean, if you would have set me down now at this point, 14 years ago, and and I knew the conversation I'd be having at this point, tens of thousands of dollars in debt. I mean, my, I might not only have chosen a different major than philosophy, but I might have given a lot more scrutiny uh, and, and attention to what I was signing up for. I just put a lot of signatures on a lot of pages and a lot of guidance counselors, parents and mentors told me that was the way to do it. Um, well, we're here. Lisa, I appreciate you for coming in, uh, holding our hands, giving us this information, pointing us in the right direction. Uh, oh, my God. I don't even know how to to move forward. I'm, I'm so heartbroken at the end of this conversation. These numbers are so huge and so overwhelming. I'm sorry to be, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I loved having this conversation with you, but I'm sorry to be walking you through a process that is so painful. And, um, yeah, that's all. That's all I can say. I hope that things go well for you in the. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, that doesn't seem like the appropriate. I hope I can purpose. keep my head above water too, my friend. Yes, I hope you can keep your head above water and that it's uh, as as painless as possible. Hey, I know all of our CityCast listeners will appreciate this. Lisa Phillip is a higher education reporter with WBEZ. Have a great rest of your day, Lisa. You too. Have a good one. Before I let you go, for a little more news, including a quick explainer on the Biden administration's expansion of temporary protective status for newly arriving Venezuelan asylum seekers, head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm and subscribe now for the latest in news and events. And some good news. The sixth annual Destinos Theater Festival begins this week at theaters across the city. In honor of Hispanic and Latinx Heritage Month, you can catch 17 productions over the next couple of months. I'm excited for Lucha Teot opening at the Goodman in the Loop this Friday. They put a whole wrestling ring in that joint. For a full lineup, check the show notes and get your tickets now. For the next few days, we are bringing you a fall getaway guide to help you make the best of autumn in the Midwest. Tomorrow, we've got road trips in every direction, so don't miss it. I'll talk to you then. Peace. And put us on them glasses (laughs) when you get them glasses. So, it's this website called Zilul. 
Mm. I might have asked you this last time we talked, I feel. Yeah, it. they have incredible glasses, but they're also very affordable. Where are yours from? Nice tortoise from Zinni. So from oh, the, from yeah, the Z yeah. family, I have to be really careful with them. Really careful. Oh, like they're delicate. Yeah, they're very delicate. Oh, these yeah. are not. Like oh, my that's, my that's three year I mean. old has like worn them extensively, probably stepped <laughs> on them a few times, and they've somehow made it. So 